In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending July 10th, USDA's Dr. John Clifford gave testimony this week to the Senate Ag Committee concerning highly pathogenic avian influenza. The largest animal health emergency in our country's history. That's John Clifford, USDA's chief veterinarian, who said they are preparing for a possible return of the disease this fall. We're hiring more than 450 additional temporary employees, including 210 animal health technicians and 90 veterinary medical officers. We're also developing a potential vaccine strategy. Should we decide to use vaccines to address the outbreak, we'll have the systems in place to do so. We're also working with our partners to increase surveillance of wild bird populations. He said the impact of the unprecedented disease outbreak is still being felt throughout our industries. Trading partners have restricted U.S. poultry exports, and the risk of the disease reemerging in the fall or spring is significant. Our hearts go out to the affected producers, their employees, and the communities they live and support. I assure you that this disease has the USDA's fullest attention. And we are committed to standing with our producers and industry to get them back on their feet. And Dr. Clifford outlined some of the actions being taken to be ready for a possible return of bird flu. We all agree we're in this fight together. We have a shared interest in eradicating this disease and getting the poultry industry back on its feet. Last week, we met with the industry and state officials to ensure that we have a high-level preparedness to deal with the reemergence and possible spread of the virus come fall. We've encouraged our partners to review the existing avian influenza response plan so that they understand what we will expect and what actions we will need them to take should the disease strike. We are also urging states and industry to develop site and country-level specific depopulation plans for landfilling or composting birds. Dr. Clifford told the Senate Ag Committee that the USDA is pledging full support to the poultry industry as it copes with the impacts of avian influenza. In other news, Congress returned this week from its 4th of July break with a lot of work remaining for agriculture. While passage of TPA was a huge win, American Farm Bureau's Dale Moore says there's still lots to do before Congress breaks before its summer recess. And that includes preventing retaliation by Canada and Mexico concerning cool. That they are... I guess, authorized or able to do under this uh, latest ruling on the mandatory country forge and labeling relative to beef and pork. Uh, so we're hopeful that we can get that legislation wrapped up uh, before that that clock. Uh, I think that's what the 60-day clock uh, or so runs out on that. Uh, we've got to stop that retaliation. And there's agriculture and interior spinning bills hung up over objections to continue to cross the board cuts known as sequestration. And interior also is targeting EPA's Waters of the U.S. rule. It's not quite clear what's going on with ag appropriations. I know that a lot of folks are ready to move forward uh, on that. We've been ready to, you know, to weigh in where we need to. But, you know, that was one of those uh, appropriation measures that got uh, set aside a couple of weeks ago. And so now we're kind of anxious for Congress to get back into town and, and hopefully give a little bit of a hint as to how they plan to move forward. In other news, Tyron Spearman told us this week where more than 1,500 kinds of peanut plants are being grown. A group of scientists has been visiting the University of Florida's Plant Science Research and Education Unit at Citra, Florida this week. The purpose of the trip was to look at various varieties of peanuts, some as many as 1,500 kinds growing at the University of Georgia's farm site in Citra. The leader of that project is Greg McDonald, a weed scientist and agronomist with the University of Florida's Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. He said nobody has done a side-by-side study of yield, grain, biochemical components, and generic background of all these various varieties. He said we put together the study 
And we now are able to determine those things for which each plant line is good for. More than 50 national and international peanut scientists toured the fields and reviewed the various varieties to determine if there are any that they would like to try in their areas. For example, some of the folks from Africa are looking for a drought-tolerance peanut when they have an unlimited amount of water during the season. Another group is trying to control tomato-spotted wilt virus. Another group, he said, has been looking at from Haiti a special variety of peanut to help feed the future and uh, mycotoxin innovation lab. This is a project supported by USAID, or the Agency for International Development. This project works on organizations called Meds and Foods for Kids, which uses locally grown peanuts to produce a well-known, ready-to-use therapeutic food. It's a fortified peanut paste that is formulated to provide all of the child's basic nutritional needs, and they say they are needing that now in Haiti. Others they are working on include disease-resistant cultivars, they're battling aflatoxin, they're battling the major spotted wilt virus, and other insects and disease that may affect the peanut. That's going on this week at the University of Florida down in uh, Citra, Florida. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom fills us in on what residents say led them back to their rural hometown years after leaving it behind. A recent USDA economic research study showed the positive impacts residents had on their hometowns or rural communities when they left for college, a job, or the military, and then returned years later. Economic researcher John Cromarty said most of those surveyed said family was the main factor for coming back. We spoke with both people who returned and people who did not return, and one of the biggest differences between those two groups were the number of them that had one or both parents still living at home. Almost all returned migrants we spoke with had brought a spouse back with them, had either begun to raise a family or started to raise a family as soon as they got back, and almost all of them had one or both parents. At home. Finding a job was also important to returning residents. Many of them did talk about sacrifices in terms of career and income as a trade-off to the benefits they gained from living at home. And the other interesting part about sort of the job side of the discussion was that returnees often came up with very creative ways to make a living back home, often engaging in activities they hadn't experienced before, such as starting businesses. The study also revealed the availability of amenities such as mountains, forests, or bodies of water, or community facilities such as schools, parks, or swimming pools also played a role in residents returning home to raise a family. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talked about how the UAV industry is ideal for agriculture. All of U.S. agriculture eagerly awaits the Federal Aviation Administration's final decision on UAV operations. The drone industry is just as anxious because it's fairly certain that agriculture is going to be the foundation of the whole UAV industry. It has already been predicted that agriculture will provide more than half the market for the drone industry. The next 10 years will see farmers pouring over $75 billion into that industry. Well, why not? We know drones can produce pictures and videos that present a view of fields, orchards, and other farm ventures far more detailed than we can actually see. Now, with this information, a farmer can expect to increase production, which will offset his investment. It's all in the hands of the FFA. Meanwhile, a lot of farmers are already learning to fly. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Glanner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week at our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.